Podtron. This podcast is part of the Podtron Podcast Network. For more, visit podtron.wordpress.com and Podtron Network on Twitter and Facebook. This was Rad. I'm Paul. You don't know my artistic vision! I am Greg. I want to remake Friday the 13th, but it's all underwater and it all stars sharks. Where two guys force themselves to watch movies from the 80s. Hey, have you seen Vision Quest? I sure haven't. Hell no! Alright, let's talk about it. The only thing that's missing is America built a wall. There has to be someone from Ford who went down and went, so, um, what, what happened here, Bob? It's a movie called Red Dawn. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm going to start this again, and you're going to edit this out. And we are back again. This is This Was Rad Podcast, podcast where we watch movies from the 80s and enjoy them. I am Paul. I am Greg. And we are continuing our salute to the troops. Uh, technically, this is going to come out on... Oh, Labor Day is what I'm going to... Uh, we'll say it came out on Labor Day, because... Don't you mean... Um, yeah, I guess it's Labor Day. I can't think of anything funny. Arbor Day? <laughs> that's, Arbor that's Day. That's in, like, May, so... Sure. Well, you know, Paul, much like our great military, sometimes things don't quite work out to the timetable that was originally told to the public at large. Yes. We're just following in their footsteps. Right. You know, um, this could have been a, 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 a Gulf, co- Gulf War 21 day uh, thing. We got it all done nice and compact in August. Or um, or we're going to be like uh, uh, the Afghani war. And we're just going to keep going no matter what. Mission accomplished. Was- still fighting. I, I was I was going to go back a little further and simply say we we thought it was going to be a Gulf conflict. Turns out, um, who knew the Vietnamese were such good fighters? <laughs> You're right. Yes. Who knew? Who knew? They were so good. It was a are war we, of attrition, Paul, and we, we weren't ready. We weren't ready for that Greg, war. Greg, are we are we the Tet Offensive? Podcast? I don't know what we are. Are we the Tet Offensive of uh, a podcast? That's all I need to know. I'll, I'll tell you what we're not doing, Paul, and that's using child soldiers, and that brings <laughs> us to the movie we covered this week. Damn it. Taps. Yeah, Taps. The movie we pretty much have been thinking of the entire time we've done these movies. Yes, this is every movie we have mentioned, Paul has assumed it's actually. <laughs> yes. He is mistaken. It for taps. Yeah. Every movie. Every movie. He thought was taps. <laughs> even, when, even when it was Clint Eastwood and his women's yep. magazines. I definitely thought it was taps. <laughs> Good old taps. 1981. Also, 1981. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna go first. I have seen, before I watched this movie, a grand total of eight seconds of this movie. What? And it was, and it was when, uh, spoiler, if you haven't seen taps, uh, it literally the last Five seconds of this movie where really? you got machine guns a firing, kids getting killed, and 
uh, Ronnie Cox from RoboCop shows up. That's literally all I remember of this movie. That's Paul, crazy. What about you? I remembered so much about this movie. Now, first of all, my wife and I, it's actually what started us on this whole military thing is, my wife and I had just watched this movie a couple months ago because um, it was on TV, you know, in the afternoon or whatever. But more importantly, um, I remember this movie quite a bit from when I was a kid. Specifically, when I had first seen this movie, I was about the age of the two little kids that they follow kind of throughout the movie. Um, but I always remember um, when the water gets cut off, when uh, George C. Scott... Um, I always remember George C. Scott and just how great he is in this movie when he's talking about the condominiums. Um, however, as as an adult, there are nuances to that particular speech that I don't think I picked up before. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, 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 um, the turning point in the entire movie is when uh, George C. Scott accidentally shoots uh, a young person there outside of the, uh, the old dance. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I remember quite a bit of this movie even beyond that. Um, and, of course, we cannot, and we will talk about him plenty in this movie, Tom Cruise's, uh, not his first role, but a very big role for him because um, it transitioned him more into modern movies, which is where, in action, where he kind of stepped it up um, versus uh, the legend uh, Tom Cruise. So, <laughs> yeah, this was this was a post dental work. Tom Cruise. It was yes. So uh, actually, I don't think that's true. Actually, I think I, this was still pre dental work. Tom Cruise. I think it was. Well, you know what's funny is his voice sounds pitch perfect to what it sounds like now, but most of the time he doesn't look like Tom Cruise. He does look much much younger, and obviously yeah, with yeah, the hair yeah, shaved. He, that was he my still, one he thing. He still has he still has that like baby face look that you only have when you're like real young. <laughs> yeah, under twenty five, and then and then it all goes to hell. Yes, right. Uh, well, except for him, he hit twenty six and stayed twenty six for the rest of his life. You you know what like blows my mind is Taps is eighty one and seven years later he was in Rain Man. Yeah, yeah. That's like insane to me. That's crazy. You know what's funny? I, this is I, yes, we have legend, but. There are so many 80s movies with Tom Cruise that we haven't done yet. Um, oh, I mean, obviously, Days of Thunder, 1990. Yeah. I mean, yep. his greatest work. But yeah, um, actually, uh, I want to correct me if I'm wrong. This makes Ronnie Cox the most starring actor uh, in TWR history. I think Meg Foster might be tied with him. Now, Meg Foster was in three of them. He has been right. in uh, this one, RoboCop. Uh, Vision Quest, everybody's Vision favorite. Quest, and he, I'm positive he was in a fourth movie. We'll, well look it up we, later, we can, but... We'll, we'll edit this 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 breakout while I look up uh, Ronnie Cox on IMDb. I probably should have thought to look it up when I, I wrote down Ronnie Cox in another movie. That's what I should have done. All right, let's see. Starting here with 1980 Taps. Yeah, we did that one. Yeah. We will do Beverly Hills Cop at one point, and he's in that. Okay, yep, yep, he is. But, okay, but so, uh, uh, Vision Quest 2, RoboCop. Total Recall 4. I knew it! Total Recall. Always forget Total Recall. So there you go. We So, Ronnie I Cox. Ronnie Cox might be <laughs> number one. <laughs> because I think Meg Foster is tied with Schwarzenegger and a couple other wow. people from the beginning. But, yeah, Ronnie Cox, number four. And he's not done. He's got, like, no, four or no, five more movies we're doing. He, at least. Yeah, 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 he does. Like like I said, once we do Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, he'll be up to 6. <laughs> yeah. And then he's, like, far and away. No one will catch him at that point. 
Roddy Cox running away with the lead of, of guest stars on TWR. Never in my life right. would I have expected Roddy Cox. And you know what's funny is until we started doing this podcast, he was always just that, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> now I well, know. You know what? He's like, a, he's like a friend now. <laughs> that's what it, you know, that's, that's it. It's always those guys, those, those guys who like keep the industry going. You know, that, that you look at their credits and you're like, oh, my God, this guy was in, like, 200 movies. Right. Yeah. You know, he's just like like a, like a show up for a month, do your job. You know, I got I got a family. I'm going to go do another month somewhere else. I'm That's not going to stop. And I'm just going to keep doing these movies until I'm done. It's so crazy that he's been in so many of these movies. But, yeah. So I mean, if we really want to be nuts, we could do the entire series of Cop Rock, which Ronnie Cox is also in. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I've heard of that. I don't know if I've ever seen it. It, the, it, oh, oh boy. We're not going to do it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, uh-huh. uh, people that are listening at home, Paul and I are not watching 10 hours of operatic cop storylines. Uh, well, now you've got me though, intrigued. Even though I will say the last episode of Cop Rock for when it came out is so ahead of its time and meta. It's kind of amazing. Mm. I'll so, look it up. There and, you go. I, I, I'll look it up on my own. And watch it sometime. So, uh, so anyway, uh, if you don't remember anything, I've done what I've done. Uh, was I will I will say I think if I saw this movie as a kid, I would think it was pretty cool. Ah, uh, yes, I I would say when I was a kid, I liked this movie quite a bit. I thought it was very well done. Um, and uh, and we'll get into it as we go through the movie. But I will say the movie has a lot less action than I thought it did. And again, I think I just, I mixed this one with toy soldiers a lot in just right. transposing some, some ideas. So let's go ahead. Not, not to be confused with the multiple people I told we were doing the movie toy soldiers and they thought we meant small soldiers. Uh, do you know when you type in toy soldiers scenes, the first five selections are the movie toy soldiers and the rest are small soldiers. No, yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So they're not wrong. <laughs> let's cut to a clip of small soldiers just to confuse people. Okay. And we did that. Now, way to go, way to go, Tommy Lee Jones. You were awesome. Also, entire cast of Spinal Tap as, as the other the good guys. As the good guys, yes. Oh my gosh! Let's go ahead and get to taps. And uh, the movie opens up. Oh, hold on! Before we no? even get to the movie, oh, oh, I want to talk about this. Is a genre that you don't see a lot anymore, and it's the kids on their own. You you don't see it's 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 a like a very much a Lord of the Flies kind of film. Very much so. It's it's kids are having to kind of take on the roles they see uh, without adult supervision, and it usually falls into one of two categories. It's like Lord of the Flies, where they are completely alone and they have to rise to the occasion, and it's kind of a metaphor for how terrible society is and how everyone turns on each other really really quick, or. Uh, I think you saw more of this genre than I'm about to say. It was more like kids have barricaded themselves away from the adults somehow and are then uh, left to their own devices, uh, in- inevitably breaking down. And so, um, I mean, if we had like a catchy phrase, we could do an entire month because tons of movies came out in the 80s like this where it's kind of a kids on their own type of film. I got to tell you, Greg, I love when we plan <laughs> the month long thing. Other than Horror Month, we've been terrible at this. Yeah, you know, August used to be uh, Animation August, and that 
that that didn't, that didn't work out. Um, um, I was thinking maybe Stephen King September and just bang out a bunch of stuff. But then I was like, oh, then it's October and it's like scary movie. Yeah, and like, yeah. do we want to do eight horror movies in a row? I don't. So that's that's out. Uh, uh, March Chuckness is just never going to work because as soon as you know, missing an action or I'm sorry, Invasion USA will be back up on Amazon in two weeks and then it will be gone February 22nd. Yeah, okay. I No matter what movie we ever say we're going to do, the minute <laughs> yes. Missing in Action and Invasion USA are <laughs> yes. available anywhere, we Anytime. are stopping what we're doing. Yes. We're going to do a double feature. We're going to do both of them back to back. And I cannot tell you how crushed I was. I thought it was going to be fantastic. It was going to be a fake out. We said we were going to do four movies. We were going to surprise you with a fifth where it was like we were stuck until Chuck Norris came to rescue us out of out of the troops month. And um, literally, it like unless Paul and I decide to buy the movie. No, I didn't. And the only place you can even buy it is iTunes. You can't, you can't even buy it on Amazon to watch. No, no, it's, no. no. Yeah, it's you, just you not, yeah, not streaming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're screwed. Yeah. So, no, well, uh, as a matter of fact, and then uh, if you're listening, tweet us immediately if you see Missing in Action or Invasion USA come up. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, please streaming do that. somewhere. So we'll go ahead. Okay, can we get into the... Now, let's go straight to the film, Paul. And I hope, I, I hope you love slow push in uh, outside a church, into the church, down the entire aisle of the church... Until finally George C. Scott begins to talk. Four minutes. It is four minutes on nothing. And the credit sequence is garbage. It's white text on a black screen. There's nothing to look at. It's a rough start. Let me tell you, somebody, uh, the director of this movie, he got himself a crane. And he said, I didn't rent this crane for this movie. I bought this crane. (laughs) And I am going to use this crane. In every conceivable, because there are like 40 crane shots like this, including the end of the movie and the beginning are the two longest. But he does lots of these slow crawl crane shots. And it's like, we get it. You really love the crane. But yeah, as soon as it started, I'm like, first of all, wow, that's a lot of church music. I I did not expect at the beginning of this movie. And then it just goes on. You know what this reminded me of? Speaking of salute to the troops... Um, a film we can't do because it's it's a little too early, I believe. It reminds me of The Deer Hunter. Have you seen that movie? I have, all? yes. Yes. With, uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, Christopher Walken, Robert yes. De Niro. Yes. But that movie, I, I've seen that movie within like the past couple years. Um, I watched it with uh, for uh, Steve Bouge's, uh Oscar, Oscar, Oscar Pod Watch podcast. Yep. I watched it with him. And um, the opening reminds me a lot of that movie where it's just like, Hey, we're at a wedding, and you're going to sit through all 45 goddamn minutes of this wedding. Oh, my god! And that's kind of what this opening feels like. It reminded me of being a child at church and being like, <laughs> I wish I was anywhere else. Right. Yes, that's exactly what it felt like, Greg, that it was exactly what I felt. I started getting twitchy. I was, like, looking. I'm like, oh, I was waiting. for. I, I looked to my right. My mom wasn't there with a snack. I was very disappointed. Yes. Um, but saving grace after that four-minute-long crane shot, you have George C. Scott, who slays it in this movie. Not it one is, scene It is, is every time perfect. the guy's on screen, it's fantastic. Not So good. He'd have, I think he's an actor who, ha, who would have to force himself to be terrible. 
I mean, I I think again, you know, we broke to do toy soldiers. I think we need to break our our uh, uh, nothing before 1980 to do Patton Day of the Dolphin. Are, are are you familiar? No, I don't know that one at all. I am going to tell you the name. I am going to describe this movie to you in two sentences, and I am not making this up. It stars George C. Scott. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Take your time, Greg. A man, George C. Scott, has taught dolphins to speak and understand very basic English. They are stolen and are used to attempt an assassination attempt on the United States president. Clearly. That's the only thing that could happen. 1973, I desperately would love to cover Day of the Dolphin. So basically what you're doing is we're going to push the whole Ken's George C. Scott do a bad movie. Well, you know, I, I even in even in like crappy movies, like um, he's in Firestarter. Yeah, and that is not a good movie. But like George C. Scott is fantastic in it. No, it, he is. I mean, even in movies where it's like like Patton and Twelve Angry Men and things like that. Like, yes, he he's supposed to be acting in those movies. But when you watch him in those movies, he's still above everybody else. So it's just like even when he's acting, he's better than the other actors so it's like this is a role where like he's definitely you know kind of getting toward the end of his career um he is an older guy um and yet i don't feel like he's trying too hard it almost feels like it's effortless like it almost feels like they gave him the script and said okay george what i want and he went i'll do it my way and that was it and, and it was just perfect you know, that's the absolute right move. I, I, I <laughs> definitely feel <laughs> I feel like many times on the set, the director came up and was like, uh, OK, George. So now what we want to do is we want you to come over here and George just kind of waves them off, <laughs> you know, like, like a pitcher. Like, I got this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he, and he did. He 100 percent did. Yeah. He nailed it. Um, so um, I also think it's no it's no mistake that he was Patton and, and he's cast in this. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it kind of was like a like a, an intentional thing. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, they, it opens up with, um, <laughs> uh, by the way, Timothy Sutton, not Timothy Hutton. Uh, I get those no, two. That's, that's <laughs> yep. That's a different person. I swear to God, every time I see Timothy Sutton in anything, I'm always like, oh, he's gonna have a big mustache. And then I watch this nope. movie, and I'm like, wow, Timothy Hutton is real young in this isn't he's he like incredibly young, wasn't yeah. he james bond five years before this movie <laughs> and that's I'm, that's timothy dalton <laughs> you know what moving along <laughs> i'm thinking of timothy dalton the whole time <laughs> i now what 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 i always found like really, really funny <laughs> is that you you can't forget timothy hutton had already won an oscar by the time he had done this movie. I have to look at who Timothy Hutton is. I swear to God, I thought Timothy Hutton was Timothy Dalton. Nope. <laughs> God, why am I so bad at this? <laughs> so anyway, I, I want go you to remember, on. Paul. I'm just going to live Tim- in my stupidity. Okay, go. That's fine. <laughs> own it, man. Just own it. Um, oh, Timothy Hutton had already won an Oscar at this point in his career. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. He, had, he won in 1980. He won Best Supporting Actor for Ordinary People. So his career was kind of like, 
started at Academy Award winning. Like, it's really hard to go anywhere but down <laughs> okay. from that. So, uh, don't ask me how ordinary people won Best Picture because, yikes. But that's not the movie we're no. talking about. So, uh, the film takes place at, I'm going to assume, fictional military academy, Bunker Hill yes. Military Academy. Yes. Not in Massachusetts, where Bunker Hill actually is. Uh, I'm, I don't know where this was supposed to take place, but they um, actually, I don't think they ever even say. No, no, no. They, um, they make a couple references to New York City, and um, I think they said Syracuse at one point, but a lot of the license plates, if you see them, uh, they're yellow with the black top, which is typically Oh, is that New Pennsylvania? Uh, it's either Pennsylvania or New York. Is it Pennsylvania? Mm. No, it's Pennsylvania. Yeah, because the 80s had the uh, Statue of Liberty in the middle. So it's got to be Pennsylvania right. then. Um, no, but anyway, so um, so George E. Scott um, is, is he's in. Basically, it's a changing of the guard. Timothy Sutton is going to become Tim- the Timothy, new uh, Academy Button. Cadet. What? Timothy Hutton. No, it's Sutton. Not Sutton. I Sutton saw, with an H. I'm telling you, he goes by Sutton in this movie. <laughs> it's Timothy Hutton. I'm nope. <laughs> I hope you listeners enjoy that. What I'm going through. <laughs> it's with with an H. It is Timothy Hutton. I'm telling you. Do we know who is Timothy Sutton? <laughs> have we have we figured him out? I don't know. I don't know who this man. He's got a weird camera on his chest. You know what? Doesn't matter. I swear <laughs> to God, I wrote down Timothy Sutton because that's what was on the screen. No, it's with an H, man. So who the? You know what? I don't know who. You know. Anyway, so they're Doesn't in a room. Matter. Timothy Hutton, Malroy, Mal, Morgan, Morgan, Major. Whatever. I don't know. We'll just call him Major. Major. Yeah, it's a changing. It's a changing of the guard. It's the the school year has just ended, and they are the. I don't even know what. what it's it's like like the the highest ranking student, right? Yeah. So basically, it's like the the class president, but in military terms, right? So he's yeah. going to be the cadet major um, of the of this uh, military academy, um, and so George C. Scott's character, uh, Brash, uh, Bash, I think is what they. Uh, is, is his name so basically Something like that yeah so basically he's changing of the guard and and, it, and it's a really good scene in that it shows you know how regimented but also how human he is at the beginning you know even though he kind of pontificates a lot and he kind of gives a lot of this you know it's all about honor and it's all about you know the military and being you know he also is human you know he gives him a, a glass of brandy um, he kind of jokes around with them. And so I think it's a good character building for the rest of the movie where you see as the movie progresses what happens uh, with Timothy's character throughout. But they, I think that puts a bug in your brain like, did he misinterpret what, you know, what George C. Scott's character was actually trying to say? Um, and I think it's a good, I think it's a good way they do that. Um, it's not heavy handed. It's very subtle. So. Anyway, um, we go through, uh, so they go through this entire scene and they do the transfer. Um, all the kids seem very happy that Timothy is going to be their new cadet major. Um, yeah, he is, he, you can tell that he's already well respected by, by his peers. Yes. He's, he's already kind of seen as a leader. And so it's no surprise that he's becoming the, uh, what, what is it? Major? He's the major now? Yes, he's going to be a cadet major is what they call it. Cadet major. Okay. Yeah. So smash cut. Uh, over to Trump's parade, which he's been begging for. We finally see it in all its pageantry and glory. Um, Only a billion dollars over budget, Paul. It's perfectly fine. Well, you know, all I could think is, is, you know, he's got the money. That's what they tell me. 
You know, if you really want this parade, do it yourself, man. Paul, he's taking zero dollars as president. Oh, is he? Pay anything he wants pays for itself. He's taking zero dollars, Paul. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that's right. He gave it over to the EPA, immediately shutting down the EPA. It, yeah, it, it doesn't matter that, that, it, that it's, what, $30 million at this point in golf outings that, that the U.S. taxpayer is paid. It, it's, but he's taking $0 as president, Paul. It's a net win for America. I don't know. I Greg, I think you're spouting some fake news. Uh, I think it's conspiracy. Lock her up. Lock her up. <laughs> what about oh, the emails, man. Greg? <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while since we had a good Trump spout on the show. Well, you know, I'm 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 laughing because uh, I guess it, now is a good a time as any to announce that I've actually flipped and I am cooperating with uh, Mueller in, in his investigation. <laughs> I'm going to spill everything I know. I got a sweet, sweet deal. I'm going to do maybe six months, three with well, good behavior in a real easy white collar prison. It's going to be fine. Well, Paul. you know what, Greg? I got to tell you, um, I, flipping should be illegal. Um, I think. Well, I think. I think you calling think the, me a rat. I think flipping? I think the most useful tool in an investigation's arsenal of getting people to talk and then continue up the chain so that we can cut the head off the rat is definitely illegal. One hundred percent. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be great if they passed that law and then cops still tried to get people to flip just so they could then charge them with yet another crime? <laughs> You're under arrest for flipping. Now, do you want to get out of that? Four years in jail and a ten thousand dollar penalty. No, Greg. No, Greg. <laughs> it's an Ouroboros. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to flip? Yeah, I'll talk. Well, you're gonna be in trouble for flipping. Damn it! You want to get out of that charge? <laughs> That's right. Flip some more. Maybe you know. Uh, I'm gonna just slide a piece of paper over to you. Maybe you know four or five other people doing some flipping. Maybe you just write their names down. You know, we'll uh, go give them a few little talking tos. <laughs> I'll tell you what, draft up an email, send it to four or five of your friends and tell them if they don't reply back, they're not going to no, have Paul. as good luck. You can't send the email. You put the email in your draft folder okay. and you give your friends the password and they check that draft folder. What if, That way what the if, email's never sent. What if I said thoughts and prayers? <laughs> to my buddy who's very effective. Do not joke about thoughts and prayers. What if I send them to you the since most, you're going to be a jail for flipping? The most powerful I feel weapon bad. in our arsenal. <laughs> I feel bad, Greg. <laughs> I, I have an app that measures how many thoughts and prayers I've been giving out anytime there's a senseless tragedy. So many. I just love the idea that Jesus is sitting up in heaven looking at Twitter and going, yep, now I can save him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anytime I, I something bad happens in my life, I go, you know what? I did scroll by that Facebook post, and I didn't type amen. It's kind of my fault. Uh, you know, I understand. I'm a big believer in karma. I guess I was looking at it the wrong way. <laughs> anyway, I'm on a, I'm on note seven. <laughs> Uh, um, I think we can we can basically kind of kind of speed this up a little bit uh, uh, during the parade. Right after, George C. Yes. Scott gives the speech where you know, and but it takes a quick left turn where he basically says, "I've been informed that we get one more year, and that way the seniors can graduate, everyone else can find other schools, and they're gonna bulldoze this place and turn it into condos." Yeah, and um, you know, I'm uh, I'm gonna fight this because. That's what I do, and we have one year. We have one year to try to find a solution to this. So 
Let's make the most of this year that we have left. And of course, that hits everybody very hard because none of the cadets want this to happen. Right. Um, so that's what happens. Uh, Timothy goes and talks to him. And this is where he does, does that great speech about, you know, um, just about how, you know, they push a paper, we push a war, that sort of thing. You know, the old uh, military versus the desk clerk kind of thing and i i love that it's the classic 80s bad guy the land developer it's just like batteries not included it's the the evil land developer um ernest uh ernest Ernest goes to camp camp. our yes one of our first movies break in break into electric boogaloo (laughs) we should probably watch those i was hoping the cadets would have to have a break dancing competition to save their beloved military. I was yeah. personally expecting uh, turtles with parachutes, but we all can't get what we want. That's, that's. I think this movie. That's kind of the message of this movie. Yes, <laughs> you, can't, you always can't always get what you want. Get what you want. So, yeah. So he's talking about that stuff, and um, and essentially what happens, um, he basically tells him, "Listen, I've got a year. I'm not going to stop fighting. We're going to do whatever we can, and we're going to get through this." Um, little past, a uh, little bit more speech, and now we transition into. A dance uh, where the cadets are. I had a question for you, Greg. The girls that the cadets are bringing to the dance, are they, in fact, from another cadet military all-girls school from the other side of the lake? Oh, man, I would (laughs) love that movie. Because in the 80s, I didn't know those existed, so I'm going to assume it's like a weird black ops thing (laughs) where they take orphans and just train them them to be assassins to, like, an insane degree. Are you talking... So you think on the opposite side of Bunker Hill Academy is like a Red Sparrow kind of deal? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, or uh, like a a, a point of... No, uh, La Femme Nikita. La Femme Nikita, yes. Sort sort of scenario. (laughs) Yes. A Black Widow scenario if you if you will for you marvel that, yes, fans yes yes because i'm watching i'm like where do they get the girls i mean because clearly the townies don't like them these i assume these are from the town so you know where they pick them up it was such an odd thing that that's how that transpired but so yes yeah, so they get they get the competing academy girls over and by the way yes i do want the military academy summer camp movie 100 percent um, I would I would love it if this transitioned into any other summer camp rival like Meatballs uh, yeah. or Meatballs Two, uh, which 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 I believe the setup for Meatballs Two is a military wants to take over. It the is camp, yes, yes, it is. If I'm not mistaken, so yep. there's a lot of correlations there, and I believe they have to have a boxing match at the end of that movie. I don't remember the details. They get a little hazy after two. Yeah. So uh. So yeah. So they. They have this happen, and um, so these uh, local kids are kind of getting ornery outside. Um, now, it, it looks to me like this has to be like, I, it, I guess it's outside the academy proper, but it, I don't know. It's close enough. It's funny that these kids all like show up and are like picking on them. And all I could think is like, they're trained with guns. Why would, why are you doing this? Yeah. What kind of idiot goes and screws around with trained soldiers but yeah. anyway um you know there, there's there a fight breaks out of course because the the townies don't like them and the cadets don't like being heckled <laughs> and uh george c scott comes in and a kid jumps on him and then pulls the gun that george c scott has out of his holster now did george c scott try to grab the gun back and it went off yes is that what happened yeah the kid goes to grab for the gun 
And as George C. Scott wrestles with it back, he pulls the gun away. And I think he like pulled the guy's finger across the, the thing, um, the trigger, shoots a kid, giant squib. Like uh, that's a small hand. That's a small gun. And it blew up like a like an M16. It was crazy. Um, so the kid dies on the street. And George C. Scott, again, kills it. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> like like the child he just murdered. He's about to murder this scene. Yes. And he looks distraught. And he, and he goes, I, I forgot there was one in the chamber. It's such a great scene. Just a great change in character. The cops, they come. They take him away. They don't put him in handcuffs, though. Um, which yeah, I they're actually respectful. pretty respectful to him. Yep. Um, they put him in and they drive away and now, so this is an academy. So I, and maybe that's what the busload of people are later, but I noticed that it's like George C. Scott, all the kids, no one else. And I, I'm, I was very much taken aback by that. Now there is a scene that comes up very shortly when the kids decide, and unless you have anything else, the kids no. decide they're going to take the school back themselves. Yeah, yeah, long, long, well, well, I guess there is something that's kind of important is that the the reason they decide they're going to take it over is because after this happens, um, it gets uh, announced Hutton they're going to close the school. Is, uh, interrupts like a talk that the dean is having where they're saying how they're going to take all the weapons away because weapons are not going to be allowed on school anymore. And Hutton says, well, then what are we going to practice with this semester? You know, and he goes, there's not going to be one. We're going to basically close down effective immediately. And that's when he's like, oh, I'm not even going to have the year. It's, yeah, we got to do something now. And we can smash cut to where you were headed. Yeah. So they go ahead um, and they decide that they're going to take over the school. Now, there is a bus full of adults. That must have been the the educators, I guess. There has to be yeah, a math and English teacher, right? I mean, <laughs> there has to be more adults than George C. Scott, his housekeeper, and the dean. There has to be more adults. No, I imagine this entire school is run with Judge George C. Scott, his maid, and the dean. Who the dean is, is so redundant at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe George C. Scott runs from classroom to classroom nine hours a day just teaching kids. That's why he has a heart attack. Yeah, poor guy. He's working so hard. <laughs> He's swearing. I work hard for the living. That should have been the theme song. <laughs> the, instead of taps, it should have been he works hard for his money. I work hard for the money. Yeah, that would have been a different movie. Anyway, so anyway, um, they uh, they they decide to take over. Um, the um, the cops show up, um, and this is where Timothy Hutton. Thank you. Uh, says, nope, we have three demands. The cop tries to arrest him. Click, click. All the guns are pointed at them because yeah. guns are never ready to go. They're always in a state of ready to be armed. But never- unless, unless you're George C. Scott about to murder a kid, in which case you <laughs> just have to touch that trigger history. and it's going. He's the only guy in history who's already got the gun cocked and ready. So they decided they're going to do that. And they so they've they've they they've now out. turned they've turned the campus into like like an actual fort. Yes, they've barricaded the entrances. They've locked everything. They've they bust out anyone who wasn't supposed to be there, be it teachers or whoever the adults were that were hanging around. And they had they had they had three demands. They wanted to uh, they wanted to talk with uh, George C. Scott. Yep. They wanted to talk to the the board of trustees. And they wanted an and arboration. I don't remember what the third one. They was. wanted. I, he said. Not arboration, but something to that effect of essentially we want a, a independent group 
to see if there's a way to keep the school open. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, he perfect. phrased it in an odd... I didn't write it down, but he phrased it oddly, but that, that basically those are the three demands. Um, I watched this movie, and then I, I was so awake, I couldn't fall asleep, and I immediately watched V for Vendetta afterwards. Oh, shoot. So I'm trying to not confuse the two, but um, yeah, so yeah. we'll keep going. Well, one of them has Natalie Portman, so... <laughs> uh, we'll let the audience guess which one. <laughs> both both feature uh, uh, major characters with very short hair. That's true. Uh, so um, they get the cops out. Um, the the state troopers show up. Uh, the lieutenant there with the bullhorn at the very beginning. Do you know who that is? It looked like Powers Booth, but who is it? It's Wilson from Home Improvement. Are you kidding me? No. I had to look it up to be sure. Because it looks, I kept thinking, he looks very familiar. Yeah, he, that's did, the, he looked very familiar. I was like, I don't, yeah. yeah but because you get a real good shot of him, and I'm like, oh, no, it's not anyone that I thought it no, was. No, you know what set it off is when he's got the bullhorn over his mouth, and you can only see his you eyes. You can only see his eyes, yeah. And I was like, oh, I know those eyes. <laughs> How yeah. long before Home Improvement comes back on the air? Like, six months, maybe? Magnum P.I.'s coming back. Murphy oh, Brown's mean- coming back. Roseanne's oh, coming remade? back. Oh. Twilight Zone supposedly coming back. Just, I mean, like, are we just, you know, is Married with Children going to come back? Like, are we, are we just going to bring it all back now? Dear God, I hope not. Some of these I don't care about, like Roseanne, but don't, you can't, you can't recapture Married with Children. You just can't. That was such a time. And I, actually, I agree. I don't think you could do that show because you can't. Do, you can't do oh, you no, ma'am. Do, you couldn't do half of those jokes. You can't now. do You'd no, be ma'am. Crucified. Yeah, it's impossible. The comedy landscape is very different. Yeah. I agree. No, they. Yeah, there's just certain things they couldn't do. Um, what if it's married with children, but it's all gender swapped? What? <laughs> what do you think? Would, wouldn't that just so you have you have the mom who works at a shoe store, who's like a slob and like hates like hates her husband. Um, no, nope. and that she, will never happen. She has a thing with. Nope. Uh, that well, that will never happen because what, women what would be the opposite of no, ma'am. No, nope. because that was an acronym. It was, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm uh, bad with acronyms. Yeah. Uh, no, you would never have a woman who is a uh, 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 slovenly and, and pig-headed like that because women are beautiful creatures who are uh, magical and uh, can do no wrong. So, well, I mean, what? But what if you had like a woman direct it and uh, all women write it? Yeah, yeah, that would be and a woman showrunner. So it's all above board. It's okay. I think you're thinking of Murphy Brown. Yeah, I guess I kind of am thinking of Murphy yeah. Brown. And it's coming back, Paul! It is! So I guess it I was kind of right. Oh, you know what? You know what they would bring back? Married without children. <laughs> Single without children? No, well-adjusted family with children. That's... Oh, a fantasy. Well, well-adjusted family with <laughs> That's children. the opposite. That's the opposite. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Anywho. Should, uh, should we talk about tabs? Yeah, let's go ahead. I may even... I don't know what I'm going to do with that last bit. I, I said a lot of nasty things. We'll, we'll just cut out that last bit. It's fine. It didn't really go anywhere anyway. Um, Magnum P.I. coming to CBS or whatever. So anyway. Um, <laughs> so the cops are there. They finally, they make their demands. They they, they end up having um, parents show up Tim's, to try to talk the kids Tim's out. Tim's father show up. And at first I liked the dad because he's kind of like dismissive of the other civilian parents. I did kind of like that. And then he turns into a complete schmuck because, you know, he's like, oh, this is never going to work. You're, you know, he filled your head full of, you know, thoughts and you brainwashed you. And. And to and this is where I was talking about at the very beginning to to hear now that's true like you definitely feel like that where George C Scott when he was saying all those things at the beginning you're like oh yeah honor that's really good they'll never take us that's really good oh they wear you know white shirts and little balls 
No, that's right. They suck, except I love golf, and I didn't like that. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, so, but now it's like, now that the father has said it, you're like, wait a second. Yeah, this guy is, I think he's just reading George C. Scott's script at this point. <laughs> and he's just reiterating. So he's just, you know, verbally regurgitating everything that George C. Scott put in his head. I mean, you kind of get that. And where he doesn't respect his father, George C. Scott is a replacement father one that he respects so now he's he's more involved and, and has a deeper connection to. so that kind of keeps going and basically they, gets his of, father of, off. of course uh they make zero headway the parents so they leave having accomplished nothing yeah uh but but they do bring up an important thing they say some of the parents say i think you're holding my child here hostage yes, yes. i don't think you're all on board so they call right in front of the gate where all the cops are they call, uh, you know, like like an assembly, and they basically say, anyone who wants to leave, just walk out the gate right now. The cops aren't going to shoot you. Just walk right out. Yeah. And, of course, nobody leaves. Well, that's the important... And he goes, okay, well, there you go. Everybody's here. I thought that taught us uh, an important lesson on peer pressure. And then and then that night, like, 11 people run away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then this is where uh, the National Guard shows up, and we see Ronnie Cox for the first time. Who I gotta tell you, I liked him in this role. He, he I liked him a lot. He was tough. a great character. He he is not given a lot in this movie. Yep. He he and he brings a lot of depth to this character that could I I feel like would have been very one note. Could have easily been one note. I've, I I'm totally with you. I think he could have been watered down. And, and and you know what? And he could have been kind of over the top as well. Yeah. And he's not. Yeah. He's he he's very matter of fact, and everything he says really makes sense. Like I'm not trying it. You know, I don't want to go in there and hurt you. I really, really don't. This is not right. what I want. It's my job. I'm actually in the military. This is my real job: is to handle threats like you. You need to stop. Um. And I think it comes across very genuinely in a very genuine way that that's not what he wants. So um, I thought he plays, you know, we don't have to go into everything he talks about throughout the rest of the movie, but he's just, he's really good in he's, this role. He's great in any scene. He's just, just like George C. Scott. Anytime Ronnie Cox is, is talking to someone, it's a, it's a great scene. He has a lot of great lines. Yeah. I, I agree with a hundred percent. He is a standout in this movie to me. It's, it's a really great part for him. And, and so uh, as people are fleeing, and the the numbers are dwindling, and uh, Ronnie Cox is basically saying, "You know how this is gonna end, right? Like you can't stay here forever. You're making everyone more nervous by the day. I'm gonna have to come in here and take this place, and I'd rather not. So please, right. just 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 give it up." And then uh, cue the tanks. <laughs> right. So here come the come, tanks. Here comes tanks, and I'm like, "Wow, that. I mean, it's." I don't feel it escalated quickly, but I definitely didn't see that coming. <laughs> they're also, uh, they're also like on a on like a loudspeaker. They have like recordings of the kids' parents like begging them, oh, yeah, to like yeah. just please leave, <laughs> please like come home. We'll work it out. It won't be so so bad. Just please come home. You know what I was thinking? If this movie was made today, they'd have recordings of that van going by, like Jimmy, please come home. We miss you. And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> yeah. You Carl's know. Jr. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> Casper Mattress. <laughs> Casper Mattress. Are you looking for a mattress in a box? 
honey, come home. I, I just got Wix. It's a great <laughs> website. I mailed you a care package using stamps.com. Honey, come and see what our vacation will be like on the Squarespace page I made. Oh, man. All of them are so yep. good. That's pretty much what it would be. Uh, and if and any so, of those want to sponsor uh, with us, uh, we're good what, with that. I'm going to say, what's the next big thing that happens? Is it they cut the power so they, they cut the water? They cut the power, they cut the water. Um, nothing major really happens. Well, Gu- Gus, young Gus Fring from Breaking Bad tries to help them set up a water pump, and he flips the switch and just ignites into flame. Oh, my God, yeah. And I got to tell you, I wrote down, wow. He's- that came. That scene came out of nowhere, and I laughed out loud. I was like, whoa, holy shit. I laughed because he's, I wrote down, he's screaming like a girl who saw a bug in her pumpkin spice latte. I like also love how one it. of the kids runs to go get help, and he's immediately grabbed by another kid who says, hey, go get help. <laughs> And I'm like, what? He was already on his way. I know. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I, it wasn't supposed to be funny. I laughed because he just screamed. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, buddy. So let's, good. Let's crawl and settle down here. So and- so anyway, anyway, you know, now Ronnie Cox has another scene. Hey, look, things are starting to get crazy. Well, he says, this is oh, on you. It was just an accident. And, you know, this is on you because you won't give up, blah, blah, blah. Then that night, they stop playing the parents over the loudspeaker. And there's two kids that are eight, ten. Eight they're to ten. Young, young, yeah, they're young. at least ten at, at most. Yeah. And and one of them's like, I can't I can't do this anymore. And he's, he's like he's trying to convince his friend who's also the same age as him. He's very young. He's like, look, let's just let's just jump over let's just jump over these sandbags. Let's go. And he's like, I can't do it. And one of them jumps out and runs, makes it to the gate. The other kid Says, no, wait, come on. He jumps over, drops his gun, and the gun goes off. Yeah. And Paul, you know what drives me up a goddamn wall? I, I know. Someone drops a gun in a movie and it goes off. Do you really think manufacturers of guns don't test this to make sure it doesn't happen? Guns don't go off when you drop them. They don't. Not even in 1981. They don't. And it's a plot point in so many friggin' movies. It drives me up a wall. I hate it to death. You know what's funny? I love doing the is this possible thing. I've done it many times with the plane against the motorcycle, skull crushing. I did not look this up. Only because... Guns, guns are specific. They, they do. They drop test guns. They they need to because people drop guns all the time. Well, especially like this one doesn't have an open hammer. Like I could see like a nine millimeter or a, or or um a revolver if if you possibly hit the hammer exactly, you could I, force I, it forward. I, That's a. I think your gun your gun would have to either be incredibly old, and I'm not even sure about that, or in an insane state of disrepair. Yeah, possibly. So anyway, you know what my takeaway was. This is a military school, and they have zero gun safety. Because Joyce Scott has a bullet in the chamber. I thought your takeaway was, if only there had been more good guys with guns, (laughs) this tragedy could have been averted. Yes. Because they could have shot the bullet out of the air that was aiming at the kid, and and it would have been fine. (laughs) So anyway, um, the kid drops the gun, the gun goes off. Everyone has itchy trigger fingers on the other side of the wall. They shoot the kid. Which, by the way, dies instantly. I gotta tell you, um, I don't know if this is the right stance or not. I think the cops are in the right. 
Kid shot oh, first. It, it, it is it is a horrific outcome. They're 100% justified. Yep. A gun went off. They returned fire. I guarantee you those guys couldn't even see what was going on because each side has lights yes. in each other's yep. eyes. Yep. So they probably just saw the gun and just returned fire. They probably didn't even see what they were shooting at. I, I bet you they didn't even know where the gun was. They just heard a shot. Yeah. You know? Um, so anyway. So, so at this point, finally, Tim Hutton is like, he's he's lost it because he just watched... You know, a 10-year-old child get murdered. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to say, they also tell him tell him that George C. Scott is dead. He oh, died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they play The day before and, uh, oh, in the hospital, yeah. he was gone. So now they don't have George C. Scott and a, one of their children classmates was just shot in front of them. It's Again. all becoming very, very real. I got to tell you. They're not handling it well. So I got to tell you, George C. Scott dies. The kid dies after letting the gun go off. Very convenient way to get out of a prosecution. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just die. <laughs> so, anyway. Sentimental jury, Paul. That's the makings of a very good plan. <laughs> so, Timothy Hutton? <laughs> Hutton, you've nailed it. You've got it right every time so far. No, I, no you didn't hear. I said Hutton. <laughs> Shutton. I'm going to say Shutton. Cover my bases. There we go. Yeah. So, he got, I gotta be honest, this is one scene that I always kind of tap out a bit because it goes on just a little too long. I understand it's it's a great character depth realization. What have I done? What have I done? But I almost feel like, dude, a kid got caught on fire. It probably should have stopped before this. Um, yeah, yeah. Although I can, I can understand that because it literally was, it was just an accident. It was... It was a super old piece of equipment. The wiring wasn't done properly, and the gas. Was oh no! Yeah, he was pouring. Yeah, the gas it, was it splashing was everywhere. For sure, anyone could kind of rationalize that away, where you just go, "Hey, that could yeah, happen to anybody." I know. Um, but anyway, he has a self-realization. He's watching old movies of of George C. Scott's character, and then he talks to who we didn't even mention is in this movie, Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Uh, who's okay. He's not great. He's okay. He's, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's, um, kind of talks with him and they kind of come to this realization that this is, it's got to stop. Um, and he goes out and he starts telling everybody, uh, form up. We're done. Yep. Form up. We're fall done. in. It's over. Fall in. It's all over. Fall in. And then, it's all, um, it's all over. And then, uh, Tom Cruise, um, much like when he uh, jumped on a couch for Oprah, just wanted to show everybody how much he loves his guns. I was going to say, much like a certain Vietnam veteran <laughs> reminded us, nothing is over, Paul. <laughs> yes. You don't just turn it off. So he, <laughs> it's a great scene. He's up in this room with a with a. I think it's like an M50. It's like an M50 and an M16. Shoots Ronnie Cox. Shoots Ronnie Cox, who, by the way, I did not think was wearing a vest, but shows no... He is sprinting after being shot. Right. I don't think he was wearing a vest. And, and... I have a theory. We'll oh. get to it at the end. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, we have a couple... I, I Actually, I think we have a shared theory, of course, because of how this movie ends. But then I have another one that is going to blow your mind. We'll get to okay, it. Good. Okay, good. Good, because I also have a theory I think is going to blow your mind, so Sweet. I hope we blow each other's mind. That's going to be... So, yeah. Tom Cruise <laughs> is shooting. They're returning fire. Timothy Hutton and Sean Penn run upstairs. Tom Cruise looks at him and says, hey, isn't this beautiful? Everyone is now shooting at him. It's like that scene in The Godfather at the toll booth. It's just so many bullets are coming at him. Yeah. Timothy Hutton tackles him to the ground. They are just riddled with bullets. They die. Ronnie Cox is, runs up the stairs with a bunch of guys. And sh the next you see Sean Penn carrying Timothy Hutton's body yep. outside. 
through the gates, and then they show the scene again of the parade that happened earlier in the film. Movie's over. Now, Gregory, I think our shared theory, first of all, has to be they didn't replay that scene. None of this. Okay, so far, so far, you and I have the exact same theory. Let's keep going. None of this happened. (laughs) It's all it's all it's all in Timothy Hutton's mind. And that's where we're diverging. Damn it. It did happen. He's stuck in a loop. Oh, a time loop. Groundhog Daying it. No, 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 no. It's 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 very close to Groundhog Day. It's it's due to his hubris. This is the hell he is in to live this over and over oh. from the parade on for eternity Ooh. to atone for his sins okay, that's of a good. dead child. I like that. I really Gregory, I like that. I like I like yours. <laughs> it, it never happened. It just started over. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was yeah, all yeah. I mean, clearly, it's just supposed to be like a, a review of all the kids that you've seen that died, um, right? Or were right, in the yeah, movie, yeah. right? That's what it's supposed to be about. But really, if you think about it, it never happened for this kid. It, it's and I love that only because, and you know why I like that specifically because why would he make that announcement at that commencement in such an yeah, oh. odd way? Like, Agreed. it comes out it's, of it's, nowhere. It's crazy. You know, he seems a little bit, like, that almost sounds like, like, when you get, you find out you're going to get laid off, right? They're going to, like, they're going to close your branch, right? And you, and you walk around the office going, screw this place, and you start flipping tables, like, buddy, buddy, you still need to find another job after this, and you may need yeah, recommendations, yeah, you're need okay? references. So, we'll s- settle down. Now, my theory, Greg, let me know what you think. Um, we're all familiar with the world of Harry Potter. Uh, yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, we're, uh, did you read the series? I read the first book and I saw two movies, the, the first two movies. Okay. So the last movie, um, The Deathly Hollows, is all about Harry having to take back Hogwarts from the bad guys. Okay. I think. Because, because the bad guys are land developers and they're going to yes. turn Hogwarts into condominiums. So I think. This works better if you'd actually read or seen the last movies, but I think J.R.R. Uh, J.R. Tolkien took... What's J.R.R. Tolkien's full name? Do you have any idea? I don't know. Like, is it... Because, like, I, I read it was Jolkin, yeah. Rolkin, oh, Rolkin, Sorry, Tolkin. I'm is thinking of true? J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> However, I did see a great meme the other day, and it was, this woman goes, I just heard my son... Exp- <laughs> did you see that? Jolkin, yeah, Rolkin, yeah. Rolkin, Tolkien. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But anyway, I'm talking about J.K. Rowling. She saw this movie and goes, I know how it ends. Dumbledore is not as great as we think, and we find out he's actually got a lot of hidden demons, and he's brainwashed Harry into thinking this world of wizarding at Hogwarts is perfect. Harry needs to defend Hogwarts from the Death Eaters, who are the outside people, the land developers. Yep. (laughs) And and Ronnie Cox... (laughs) really professor snape you think he's gonna be bad but really he's the he's hero really good yeah this is deathly hollows <laughs> wow you nailed it i was gonna say the reason ronnie cox can take a bullet and then start sprinting again is that uh earlier in his career as a police officer in detroit oh yeah he was shot by a bunch of gangs led by terrence boddicker oh sure. and they rebuilt him using robotics so he's okay. a little more of a robo soldier if you will so he was fine more like a robo guardsman right <laughs> Ro- robo oh, is he a national robot <laughs> okay hold on let's we gotta we gotta come up with a good one here man this is hard i got nothing i got not uh, yeah yeah because it's national guard it's right right national guard so it's robo trying to come up with reserve and robo but that's nothing 
Reserve. I got, I got nothing. Robo Irv. Anyway, we've digressed. Greg. He's in the Robo Corps. Um. Mm. Air Robo. Is that like Air Wolf? Ooh, Air Wolf. Great show. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know about the show. Helicopter was great. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. Greg also, also would have accepted Operation Wolf. Sweet arcade game of the eighties. Uh, Greg. Yes. I ask you, having only seen five seconds of this movie previously. Yes. Is Taps a rad film? Okay. This was a hard one for me. Because you've got kids that decide to defy authority. I'm a big fan of that. They took over with guns and took over their own their own, uh, their own own school. I kind of like it. They don't like the land developers. I kind of dig that. But something really just didn't sit right with me with child soldiers. Uh, those are decidedly not rad. Okay, so this sure. Got to get a not rad for me, <laughs> Paul. What about you? I, I I I like this movie. I think it's super rad. I think it's great because of that. And, right. and when you were talking about like Lord of the Flies kind of thing, which by the way, I think this is very much you know kind of takes draw from that. Um, I like it because you know what you're always talking about. You know when you're like, does it have an edge? Is it different? And is it gritty? I think the kids taking over their own school and not like I said, toy soldiers sucked just because of. I know you love that movie. I don't know why this movie I thought was better. I think it's I I, I think it has a, to, to use a ten dollar word gravitas. Um, but I think the fact that Timothy Hutton Hutton good. I wish, by the way, I was doing that on purpose, but I'm not. <laughs> it's, I'm almost <laughs> saying Sutton without knowing it. Anyway, so I kind of feel like it's just, it really is really good. Just how, I'm going to say that again. Cut that out because that was shit. All right. Take two. <laughs> I love this movie because the way the kids grow and change and move through the story, you see them kind of realize how George C. Scott's words change and when they're meeting. I think it just speaks a lot to how every kid kind of feels. They think they're right. They think they know authority. They're better than adults. And at the end of the day, they're not. And they need to, there's a reason why society is the way it is. Um, so I liked it. Uh, I think, I it's, think a, I f- it's a great movie. You know, what, you know what I think it is? I think it's because at the end of the day, they decided, no, 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 we have to go back into society. If it ended with like a wild bunch ending, <laughs> that's it's true. Just like they're just shooting Which, people left and right, and they're all dying in a haze of bullets. I've probably been like, this movie's rad as hell. I gotta because be- those kids never gave in. They never went back. They were punk to the nth degree. I, the fact that they were like, oh, you know what? We need to go move to the suburbs. I think that's what really got me at the end. I think I, I'll be honest. For a long time, that's exactly how I thought this movie ended. Because because uh, all you ever remember hail of gunfire well, dead because children. One of the most prom I mean one of the most memorable scenes is Tom Cruise with that M50. He's like, it's beautiful, man. <laughs> it's just like you're you're the only one shooting. Stop. Right. So that's the end of Taps. That's the uh, the movie uh, that we have been thinking of for uh, weeks now. We of course thank our. Oh well, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. Is there more? There is a tiny bit more, Paul. Can you beat the tagline for the film Taps? What was the tagline? The tagline is school's out. It's a pretty good tagline. I feel like that's... pretty good tagline. I like it a lot. But I feel like that's the same thing for Rock and Roll High School. (laughs) 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 Or or Class of Duke of New... (laughs) 
Nuke him! Nuke him! There's there's a scene <laughs> like everyone that, I don't know. I don't, this, uh, I don't know. That says the school is our home. We think it's worth defending. That one's weak. Yeah, that's school's bad. out. Not bad. Uh, can you come up with a better tagline? Do you already have one? If you do, go. First. No, I don't. I Damn don't. It. I wish I did. I was I was thinking about it. I couldn't come up with one though. School's <sighs> out. It's short. It's sweet. It's right to the point. Yeah, it's um. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't. Land developers. Boy, they suck. <laughs> Just land developers. Just leave it at that. They're at it again. <laughs> land developers. There ought to be a law. No, oh, okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Evil land developers. Kids without a father figure. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> there we go. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> you gotta get that line in there. It's beautiful, man. Ah, uh, okay. Body count was what four? Oh, geez, yeah, I didn't even look at the body count. It's uh, easy. It's one, two, three, dead kid, four, five. If- George C. Scott was off screen. Another dead kid, Gus Fring. Um, no, Gus Fring is alive. Tom He's just Cruise on fire. and Hutton, that's six. No, 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 kid with the fire is alive. He was? I thought he was dead. No. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Really? Because they didn't have him all the way covered up. I thought he, I, he looked bandaged. I thought he was alive. Oh, boy. Let's see. Let's go to the old internet. Because they covered on him up with a blanket pretty quickly. It takes a lot to be emulated. Yeah, I can't. I can't find a body count for taps. I'm not going to bother. Six Let's or seven. Let's just say six. I'm saying he's dead. Uh, I rooted for you. I'm just saying. Not for you, the dead kid. I'm. I believe he's alive in this fantasy world that exists only in Timothy Sutton's head. Okay. <laughs> alive or dead, this only exists in Timothy Hutton's head. I love that idea. So after after the credits, do we have any? I mean, we kind of covered it with our theories about what what really happens, but uh, yeah, no, I don't. What have do you any, think? Uh, I really don't have anything. Uh, not on this. Sean one. Sean Penn can't handle his life. It's too much. It was too intense. It was too serious. He gets really in the surfing. He moves to California, changes his name to Spicoli, and just can't take anything seriously. Well, you know what? Actually, if I use my theory that it was all in his head, he graduates with honors, goes on to West Point, and has a glorious career in the military they okay. all do yep even tom cruise even tom cruise okay <laughs> oh done now i have a yes we're done let's thank our two favorite people in the world uh terse tale. mr bibbs and at terse tail thank you guys for sticking with us and giving us cash every month if you want to hear your name here uh you can head on over to patreon.com slash this was rad by all means throw us some money and we'll be more than happy to mention you every episode uh and i think that's it uh i don't have anything else um uh we should say we are not done with military movies quite yet we did promise that we would do a month of movies uh some real life happens it always does we still want to give you four military movies because we're we desperately want to get to this next movie that we've been trying to do for a long time is it available (laughs) i have not even looked i'm gonna look at that right now because this all changes at all. If it's not available, we're done with Military Month. I'm just letting you know. You're quitting. Yes. I'll, you're pulling. You're every- pulling a. a, a you're, you're pulling. You're pulling a Vietnam, and you're bailing. Yeah. It absolutely is. We can rent it on Amazon. Sweet. Okay. We're gonna finally get to. I say we just tell them. First Blood, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I think it's our first Sylvester Stallone movie, correct? Ooh. We done. No, we did Over the Top. We did. Yes. 
Yes. We got to do Cobra at some point, too. I was going to say, surprisingly, we haven't done any other one, which is kind of amazing because he had some humdinger. Yes. Actually, uh, Tango and Cash. 1990. Cobra. We got to get to all the Rocky movies that we could do. Uh, we have to do Rocky 3. I don't care about I'm, the rest I'm, of them. Rocky I would do three. Rocky 2, 3, and 4 uh, in a heartbeat. Uh, two. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You want me and Paul to do Rocky 2, 3, and 4, get get some Patreon dollars together. I will buy a plane ticket. I will fly to Paul's house. We will watch in a row. We'll watch all of them, and we'll just review them back to back to back in a bananas crazy episode. And, and we're going to start at 8 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. yeah so it's yeah. six hours so, in. So and then you hear me disappear for a half hour because I've fallen asleep. No, no, no. We'll watch all six, all three movies, and then we'll record at like 3 a.m. That way yep. we're just at top peak. Just like, right. oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, let's finish this. I'm Paul. I'm Greg. Bye-bye. It's beautiful, man. This has been a Podtron Network production. For more of this show and others like it, find Podtron on Twitter at Podtron Network and search Podtron Network on Facebook.